0: okay princess phone on the patio. She said hey I've got that I'm Hey everyone it is Craig Finn from the Hold Steady and um Got uh, another episode of Positive Jams here. Uh, It's divided into three parts. Um, We're talking about the first two records, Almost Killed Me and Separation Sunday, and remembering what we can about those. And um, to start things off, I had a conversation with Judd Council. Uh, Judd was actually the Hold Steady's first drummer. I met him in Minneapolis, he had this great band called Punch Drunk, which also featured Galen Polivka, they were kind of a team rhythm section, and he was an obvious choice when we started the Hold Steady. Um, and he recorded all the drum parts on Almost Killed Me and some of Separation Sunday. It was great to talk to Judd, he's a great guy, a lot of fond memories. And so here is Judd Council talking about Almost Killed Me and Separation Sunday. To the
1: park the studios. You know, I was a big Lifter Puller fan, and and Galen really sold me on a uh, a hard rock band with you on lead vocals. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely, want- <laughs> I definitely wanted to check it yeah, out, yeah, for sure. And then you. And so- do you remember hearing the Coop play guitar for the first time? I do. I remember actually talking to you about bringing the Coop in too, and you were like, "It's going to be interesting. because is a bit of a wild card." And I was like, "Oh man, you know, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen, but it should be good. He's going to bring a great energy." And I was just like, "Jesus Christ, what's going to happen when this guy shows up?" And he showed up and with he a flurry ju- of bruise, I'm sure. <laughs> flurry of bruise, and he just he knew like he just knew every classic rock lick too. Yeah, I think like we were.
0: As far as the recording, I mean, at least, especially for Almost Killed Me, I don't remember a lot of uh, bells and whistles. I mean... No. I think we kind of played the jams, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one of the things I I think about a lot with that was uh, it was really an exercise in just getting it down and not overthinking it, which (laughs) to me, as a person who overthinks things, I've always thought was genius. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you partially motivated it, and it was just like, our approach was like, let's not overthink it, let's just go in, the songs are rehearsed, we'll play them, and that'll be that, and it'll, <laughs> it'll be done. And it's kind of cliched to say, but it was kind of a punk rock approach that, in a weird way, took the pressure off for me. Yeah. Because, you know, it was just like, we'll just go in and play them, and, and we're not going to overthink it.
0: Yeah, well, a couple things on that. One, I think that that was sort of our aesthetic at the, I mean, I think like where we were coming from with the Hold Steady, I think was kind of like, let's not overthink it. Let's not make it too fucking indie or weird. Let's just play good jams. Right. And, and be simple about it and drink some brews. Like, right. You know, it, it, when I listened to the remasters, I was like, you know, people always ask me what my favorite Hold Steady record is. And I kind of think where I'm at now is it's almost killed me. Really? Just because, and I I kind of also feel like a first every band's first record is their best record, you know, like it, like like it, almost every band, you know what I mean? Like because there's no expectations or whatever. It's just kind of their all their personality is right I there. I think
1: I think that's exactly what I I I just feel like I don't know that I've ever I you know and I've played in other bands and stuff. I don't know that I've ever had a studio experience where it was like less pressure. You know what I mean? We were just kind of like. We'll go in, we'll play the tunes. We felt good about them, <laughs> that we got good responses live, but if, like, people didn't, we weren't like, oh, it's got to be this or it's got to yeah. be that. We are just like, we'll just get them on tape. Well, yeah, I mean, I think
0: that, um, I mean, I, I actually, I mean, then you bring up a very good point, which I don't know if we've even said so obviously on this podcast or, like, uh, in, you know, it'll all be edited together, but we didn't know we were making a record. The first six songs were, like, a demo. You know, like, so, so we, I mean, like the second one, maybe we we're like, we'll put these together and make a record, but right. I, the first six, which is, I think has like the swish and I don't know, maybe positive, knuckles, J- knuckles, was all, one of the
1: early ones. Yeah. Knuckles is the first one, first song. Yeah. Um, and then I guess positive jam, right? I mean, those the are like
0: swish the f- was early.
1: Swish was yeah. early. The coop had that riff. I, I remember. I think knuckles was one of the first ones that we did. Like, uh, one of the very first Old Study jams.
0: I mean, I, I, my memory was just, it was, uh, like you said, I, I do, I, I remember we'd, like, play the jams. Yeah. And then we'd throw Coop, we'd, like, Coop, you know, we'd all be drinking and partying and stuff. And we'd get Coop, like, Coop would get to a point we'd start pushing him to, like, go in there and do some guitar overdubs.
1: I just, it's funny, because <laughs> one of my, one of my, one of the weird memories that sticks out for me of that, speaking of Coop was they had, like, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. One of the Grand Theft Auto games was on a console there. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, randomly, Koob was, like, knew how to play it. And he wasn't, like, playing the game. He was just, like, a little cartoon (laughs) character just, like, running from the cops (laughs) and blowing shit up. And I just remember, like, sitting on a couch waiting for them to set up a mic or something, or maybe you were doing a vocal track, and it's just a little cartoon Koob, like, going through town, evading the cops, and, like, you know... Blowing shit up, and I, I was, it's just like to me, I was like, what is this game?
0: Yeah, it's just, yeah. It,
1: I don't know, it just kind of captured the vibe for me. He he knew it, how to
0: play that because he would, he lived with Tim from the Fobs, and they would play that, um, yeah, all the time.
1: That was my first uh, intro to that game. Yeah, <laughs> it sticks with me. It was like, and he wasn't doing like a level or anything. He was just like loading. He was arming himself and just like. Fucking shit up. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> that was
0: their mo. Um, but yeah. yeah,
1: I I just sort of like I do remember like
0: I remember DJs where the the cube was in it, uh, uh, you know, it was like deep in the session and and and, and drinks had been had, and um, and he was he was pretty much at the end of the night, but we got him to do one more solo. On DJs, and he was—he just had a completely blank face, expressionless, and he was ripping. I think the solo that's on the record, which is amazing, and it just went on forever. But like, I was pretty sure he wasn't going to remember, like, remember <laughs> doing it, and uh, and it went on forever. I mean, that song went on forever, which is why it cuts. Right. You know.
1: Well, I remember. I totally remember that song, like, because you know, as the drummer. I basically went in and I played it live and I had one or two takes and then I was done. There right. wasn't overdubs. So that one it was that one was really like and I would I would really wanted to like just wail as hard as I could. So it was really for that song in particular, just like an exercise in trying to like not physically like seize up or drop a <laughs> stick or anything, right. but just keep going. And I and I remember I remember thinking like, "Oh man, the song it's just The whole idea was just keep going with right. that song. And I was like, I just had to make it through. And then I was listening to it, and I was like, how did we How did we end this? Because I didn't remember there ever being an ending, and it just cuts off yeah, at some yeah. point. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was thinking about that record, too, is there
0: was this idea of, you know, historical, if you think, like, what was happening, like, like in, we, we'd all been in sort of, I guess, rock bands, but kind of indie bands a little bit, you know? And, and, and I'd personally gotten really into, like, I was having a classic rock renaissance in my early 30s where I was like, you know, like I, I kind of resisted Zeppelin from punk rock and then I was right. like, oh my God, this is actually the best, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and Thin Lizzy and, right. you know, and The Stones or whatever. And so as I got, you know, and so I think like there was some, far, some decisions being made like what could be most... I don't want to say obnoxious, but I remember we we would say gonzo. Right. Uh, Like, is that gonzo? Like, going on for seven minutes is pretty gonzo. Right. You know? And Uh it was
1: kind of (laughs) counterintuitive then. It was like, fuck it, let's just keep going. Yeah. And we'll have Tad solo forever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then we'll sort it out (laughs) later on. We recorded it quickly, at least in the case of... uh, almost killed me. And then when people other people liked it we were like, "Sweet." Yeah. And well, you know what I mean? It's like, "Oh, sweet" cuz we like it too. <laughs> and then and then I think for me at least separation Sunday was kind of like it's what you were saying that I felt like there was a little more pressure on separation Sunday and it might have been because I was leaving the band and there was another drummer and it's like I had like a smaller window to do my stuff. I don't know what it was, but I remember just my memory of it is being a little bit more like, "Ooh, I got to get this down," right? And, you know, yeah. and it was a little less like the first one, which was more like, "Yeah, we'll do whatever we do."
0: Was it when you met the sort of new drummer? Uh, was he friendly?
1: When I met Bobby, or yeah, something?
0: was he friendly? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. He said the same. I asked him if you intimidated, tried to intimidate him, <laughs> <laughs> and he said no. He said you. Were I don't friendly. think is he intimidatable? I don't think he is. I, he's like a pretty laid back dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, well, he was. You know, I think he was probably. I, I'm sure it was. You know, slightly. It's it's a new a new thing for both, but it seemed right. it seemed like for what it was, it 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 happened pretty. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't come with much
1: drama. You know. Um, no, and in, in a weird way, I mean, I was really relieved because I was, like, feeling the pressure of, like, trying to get a career going and yeah, yeah providing for my family. And it's like, I, and, well, like, the band was kind of taking off in a way that I didn't have a ton of control. You know, like, it would be like, <laughs> yeah. it would be like, okay, we're leaving in two weeks to do a tour because we got gigs lined up. And I'd be like, uh, I kind of can't. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it just well, was yeah. like, it was a stress for me that I was like, so in a way I was kind of, like, relieved to... Uh, yeah to well, like we be able to like that. not do that and i so i didn't have any there were no bad vibes from yeah there, no like. yeah and i knew
0: that um
1: yeah when did we when did we record separation sunday
0: well separation sunday we started recording in december 2004 oh wow so right. i think what happened is like it became you know you, you you you're and you had started a new career and and you're going to we're Unable to tour like we wanted to, so we kind of, I think, came up with the plan that you were going to bow out, but you're going to record half the record.
1: Yeah, is, that's right.
0: And, yeah, which actually, honestly, I forget. Like, I, I, I'm like, I don't have any idea what songs you played on.
1: I know, I remember obviously because I only played on those. Bobby does. What too. was weird is I, <laughs> what I don't remember, what I don't remember is how it was structured. Like, I, I play on the, on the, in the record order, I play on the first four and the last one. One of the, one of the things I was really psyched about is I, I remember very little about recording that, but I do remember Dave Gardner saying to me that he wanted to get kind of an ACDC, back in black style snare sound. And it, it's like, that's the closest I've ever been to being seduced by a dude, you know what I mean? I was just like, yeah, I'm totally on board with that. And the other thing that I loved is he had this, like, he cooked up this scheme where it was, like, close mic's, but he also had room mics yeah. for, like, a bottom thing. And on uh, and on Cattle and the Creeping Things, which I think might be the only song that does this, you can... It's, it's room mics on the verse and close mics on the chorus. Yeah. Which I just... I was so into, like, the room mic idea because I love to, like... My whole thing was I really liked to hit them as hard as I could Right And I just was super into the idea of like I was just really sold on the notion of like There's two kinds of drum miking, And we get in there and it's like We'll room mic it and we'll, But we'll also have like this ACDC snare And I was like holy shit let's do it
0: this before. It seemed like a simple place to score And it seemed like a simple place to score A simple place to lady came
1: to the door. Don't to anymore.
0: all right so um that's my talk with Judd and just kind of historically um catching you up almost kill me came out um two thousand four and we started going on tour and um we were uh at some point in the, in the process, I guess we played some shows with bloodthirsty lovers who were uh, a Memphis band, featured Dave Shouse from the Grifters, which is one of my all time favorite bands. Through the touring there and playing the shows, we met up with a guy who would alter all of our lives, even if we didn't know it yet. And his name is Steve Selvage. And um, here's Steve's version of the story.
2: Right. When did we meet you? In your mind. Okay, I remember it as... I joined the Bloodthirsty Lovers, and the probably the first thing that we did with you would have been a CMJ. Mm-hmm. Um, like, maybe down in the basement. Was that the Delancey? Delancey? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. Um, so, you know, and that was quick and just, you know... But then we really, like, the first time we all sort of hung out was... Um, on that tour that was leading towards South by Southwest, so we played. Um, we played like an art space in Birmingham. Yeah, it was, I think it was like,
0: going home from South by. Oh. Would that make sense?
2: I know we played. I, I know we played this French Kiss gig because I remember the Thunderbirds were there, and I thought they were like ridiculous wild children. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> was that? I mean, was that? Yeah. Hey, Angie, do you remember that being at the whiskey bar
2: in austin does that sound right that, yeah i can't remember the name i just remember it was like the, there was a hardly a stage it was just like right up to the front windows and it was like you know a stage by yay high yeah i think that was at the whiskey um, bar
0: and uh yeah that sounds right yeah and so we probably played with you that fall at cmj and then again at that south by which would have been separation sunday
2: yeah. I believe. Like, just about to come out. Yeah, because I want to say that upon leaving the tour with y'all, like, we were, I remember driving home from maybe from Birmingham, um, where we played that art space. I remember driving home sitting in the front seat of the van with a copy of Separation Sunday.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, that would make, maybe,
2: that would make sense. Like, he had, like maybe it hadn't even come out yet. Y'all just had merch, or I guess it was out, but. Or maybe it was, a, it was probably a promo. Yeah, it was brand new. Uh, whether it was out or not, it was, I know it was brand new. It was like the new record. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It would have been. It would have been like a promo of like two months. So, all right. So, but backing up. So we played that show in Austin together. But I, as I remember, that being chaotic and there was probably little yep. to no hang. Um, but then we played maybe like I think it was like Birmingham, Atlanta, at the Isn't Earl. Earl? Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then the one in South Carolina, Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant on the way back from South by. Right. And that was, um,
2: I feel like the first time we probably hung out. Most definitely, because it was in Birmingham where Tad and I figured out that we had the same birthday. I remember that clearly. And that was like a
0: hotel. We all got the same hotel or something. We were all mm. staying in the same hotel.
2: Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so there was yeah, much raging involved with that. <laughs> um.
0: And well, yeah, and the other thing that I remember is that, and I think it sort of like happened almost as we were driving away or maybe like... Maybe it was like right at the end of that trip. I was reading it came from Memphis. Right. And it put I put two and two together all of a sudden that you well I didn't know your last name <laughs> that that like I'd been reading about your dad for like right. the last three weeks because um, <laughs> your dad's in that book you know constantly and uh, yeah yeah and uh, I was like you know yeah yeah and I, I don't remember how that came up but I I was really a huge fan of that book and I remember being like whoa that's insane you know and I, I like I, wait a minute I also think like there, there there's this. Sort of backing up, I, I think the interesting thing is, to me, which does you know, it's hard to uh, explain. I don't like like the Grifters. To me, was a very very important band, and sure. and in in the nineties, they were my favorite band, and I, I got to know them a little bit because I was fooling around with like setting up shows and. I just kind of glommed onto them, and, and they'd stay with me when they were in Minneapolis, and, and they were
2: not only It'll cool nice. guys,
0: but very influential to me as far as like what great music sounded like to me. And I, th- I loved, right. and coming from indie, but they were kind of cooler than, they, they like are grittier, and yeah. I want to say more musical, because that wouldn't exactly be right, but they were more interesting, I guess.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think they they were a little older than a lot of the indie stuff. Certainly, Dave was. Yeah. You know, and and Dave and Scott were just too good looking to be real indie rock. You know. <laughs> yeah. Too too much swagger. You know. Yeah,
0: there's too, They were a little more dangerous. Like they actually like like yeah. Scott some took took more drugs than an indie indie rocker. You know. And, yeah. well, they all yeah. did, and and that was kind of exciting to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so. I guess what I'm saying is that like, like Lifter Puller was, was this indie thing. And then, and and I I really do believe that like the Hold Steady, when we started it, you know, the Grifters were something I, even though it probably doesn't come through in my mind, certainly things like Milk Crate Mosh were my idea of like what a Grifter song would be like filtered through my thing. And so I think it's kind of interesting that you know, we, we some we came around we we, we interfaced and, and it was probably the reason we're playing shows with Bloodthirsty Lovers is because I'm a huge Grifters fan and I got the other guys right. to do it, but then somehow you end up through that
2: in the band, you know. What, what did did you have any input in getting the Lovers on French Kiss? Um, I don't know that I would have say I had
0: input. Well, I mean, I I was hanging out with Sid a lot and probably talking about them as you know, as if they were gods. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, that was music we liked, you know, like me and my friends, right. which would be like Sid and Neumeier and all that. So so there seemed like, you know, that. Um, I think Robin Taylor probably had more to do with it. Okay. Um, so so that's how, and you know, the thing like, there was always like a, you know, I think I even did an art, uh, uh, I think I, at some point, it may have been, it was before you were in the band. I think I did an interview with the Memphis Flyer with that guy Harrington, that where he was like, "Why are you talk about Memphis so much?" Right. And, he, and the answer was because I really like the Grifters, you know. And okay. I read that book, and it seemed like a good place. Oh, um, well, I guess I guess um, almost killed me. Do you have a favorite song?
2: Favorite, favorite song on almost of them killed them me.
0: A couple hundred times.
2: Let's see. I, I mean it, it was well, hard to say because like there's favorites from just like hearing it and there's favorites from playing it now. yeah yeah no um, well, I guess playing it positive jam yeah um, positive jam and the swish is. are still like pretty thin. I mean I think yeah. the
0: swish is very thrilling to play live
2: yeah it, like yeah and like I remember like you know when I was learning all the jams that was one that I would kind of jump around more when, in my little back house <laughs> when I was learning them yeah um how about Sep so, Sunday? So, yeah. Sep Sunday. Oh, let's see. Now I've got the thing of where I'm in the fucking DVD store and I've forgotten all the titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, that's all right. I mean, um, Stevie
2: Nicks. <laughs> Stevie Nicks. <laughs> no, no, Stevie Nicks. I, re- I remember clearly hearing that riff, you know, when we were. Uh, touring with y'all and just being like god damn um Cattles again like that's more of like that's like so fun to play so mm-hmm. like I really got to you know really into that from a, a playing standpoint um and Hornets yeah um again that riff is just so fun to play yeah. and just you know um I always love the title too I didn't, I didn't know what it meant I like um Multitude's one, like, kinda, like
0: like when it's well-placed in the set, I, I feel like it achieves mm-hmm. lift off yeah. in a certain way. Like, it has to be kind of in the right place, but, like, it kind of can... I, it no, there's, I like the, there's a drama to that one that I like a lot, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's one that I, I like a lot. Um, but, hell,
3: they're all, they're all fun.
2: But, no, I mean, I, I remember... Um, well, that was, like, my clearest memory, if you're talking about Separation Sunday... Is leaving that tour, and I was like, I said, I had the um, the album, and like, I'm not a guy who reads record reviews, and like, when, when the lyrics are disembodied, you know, yeah, yeah. like I I have a hard time yeah, sure. getting the impact of it or whatever. But I remember reading like the lyrics, and like, God damn, this is amazing.
0: Hey, it's Craig again, so um, getting back to Separation Sunday, you know, we were touring on Almost Killed Me, and uh, Bobby Drake was filling in on the touring, but he wasn't kind of, we, we sort of had a limbo in the drums, and um, I wanted to connect with Bobby about um, how he came to join the Hold Steady, and sort of the transition between uh Judd and him, and uh, um how that all worked and uh where we're at with separation sunday so uh we're gonna wrap things up with bobby talking about uh that with me and talking about his experiences uh joining the hold steady tad called you tad called me and what
3: tad called me i was at work i was like repairing a tire doing an oil change or whatnot and he asked me if i could go on tour go to I think it was South by Southwest, right? Yeah, we went to South and by Southwest. I said, yeah, I was like, hold on, let me talk to my boss. Hey, can I get off work?
0: Do you, uh, so Separation Sunday was recorded. We'd already written half of it with Judd, and so he played on half of it.
3: And Correct. you
0: played on half of it. Correct. Um, do you remember which songs you played on? Yeah,
3: I played on the second half.
0: So, like, Stevie Nicks?
3: Stevie Nicks. Multitude? Uh, Multitude
0: um don't um, let me explode yes uh me explode? resurrection
3: no that's the
0: last song that's jog <laughs> um it was five jams i think what about like the piano and like sort of the
3: the piano's awesome because it was something that i was new to and exploring that avenue was really exciting
0: did you you know i remember thinking like I I think people are going to like this, but, like, (laughs) the piano might be for, like, an indie rock fan sort of, like, a little, like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. We were kind of embracing... I don't want to say, you know, certainly Springsteen, but you could also argue, like, Meatloaf.
3: Yeah, Or something
0: like that, which might be a turnoff. I don't know. Tipping the hat,
3: for sure. Being a drummer, it's like... Being, like, the quarterback or catcher, you know? You can't... uh, I had to do a lot of homework. It was it was a lot of fun and exciting and nervous. I was nervous too, you know. But that's part of the ride.
0: How was it with Judd? Like, was there? Did, did Judd uh, uh, make it easy or difficult or uh, neither? Um, as far as uh, some
3: a touch of everything. He's uh, he played left-handed, open style. So like a lot of his fills and stuff would be like leading with the opposite hand that I would lead with. So that makes it difficult, but exciting. It? You know what I mean? Like, so how
0: about on a personal level?
3: <laughs> oh, he's, uh, he's a big personality for sure.
0: Yeah. Judge was a big, fun, uh, you know, a tall, and, in every uh, regard, funny person. So I, I didn't know if he vibed you out at all. Or, or <laughs> he's a bit
3: intimidating. Like, he's he, when he comes in the room, everybody knows he's in the room. We wanted, we
0: had this idea also of making a record every year. Um, or I did, anyway. So yeah. I was like, we need to make it. We need to make this record. And we had just enough songs for a record, really. Um, we also had 212 Margarita, and um, the song Most Important Thing, which uh, I think we did for a film that, that this guy, Leo Redgate, was making. And he just said, like, make a make a song. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be about uh, the movie. Uh, I just want to hold steady song in it. So we wrote it and recorded it as a one-off. Um. and then 212 was something that I think we liked and we're recording but we didn't it didn't fit into Separation Sunday I think is what happened if, if I remember right Well, nice. it just like a smile and a shake and I,
3: she I think Stevie Nicks was when I was like wow yeah I was like kind of zapped out you know so yeah. I was like pretty very stoked about that very bottom, very yeah. bottom yeah exactly yeah
0: um. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I is that so you think that's your favorite song on Sep Sunday?
3: I I like multitude. I, I like, like them multitude all. Multitude a lot. I like them all.
0: I like multitude a lot, and I like um, yeah. I think multitude and uh, I like Hornets a lot. Hornets,
3: too. yeah, you can't beat that.
0: <laughs> hey everyone, thanks for listening. It's Craig here again. um Remember, our first two records, Almost Killed Me and Separation Sunday, have been reissued. First time in vinyl in a long time. Check them out, and uh, thanks for listening. These have been really fun for us, so stay positive. Oh, she said I won't be much for conversation the rest of And I never been much for
3: the conservation I kinda dig these awkward silences